Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. What's going on, Geek Vibes Nation? Welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host, um, and we have a very special episode of Geek Vibes Live in store for you guys today. Uh, but before we get into our topic, let's first introduce our panelists. First off, Dane. What's going on, Dane? Papa, can you hear me? Oh, I'm sorry. Just uh, practicing my uh, Broadway musicals. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing, a, you know, having a good Sunday night and shit. Uh, get down. Absolutely. What's going on, Nick? Uh, nothing much, man. Uh, yeah, Dane's going to be trying out for the for the latest run of the Book of Mormon. Uh, it's it's they're 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 bringing that back. And he's 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 got a good <laughs> chance, honestly. Good chance. Obviously. Dane, uh, <laughs> what's going on, buddy? Uh, it's going good. I see that we're just going to throw professionalism out the window this morning, or this morning. The see, I mean, uh, this ah, afternoon. See? Look at you. Because, Look at because you. Jawan does the opening and goes to introduce himself and then doesn't even introduce himself. So it's just like, eh, no, but we're not even going to um, names today. We're just. You're we're a nameless warrior, Jawan. Well, right. Kanan. I thought, and I could be wrong, but I thought I didn't need to introduce myself. That goes without saying. They know who I no, am. No, you need to you need um, to introduce yourself. You're not, you're not above. You're not above intro. Yeah, you're not oh, above not introducing yourself. Oh, okay. Well, according to Joel, I am Juju Kachu. So, hello, everyone. Anyway, we have a we don't really care special about guest tonight. Joel hates you. You love to hammer that home. Anyway, we have a special guest tonight. Um, the editor in chief of Revenge of the Fans and host of. L Fanboy Podcast and the Revengers Podcast, uh, Mario Robles. Uh, Mario, what's going on? Hello? Hello? I hear him. Can you hear him? I can hear you. (laughs) Ah, there we go. Fellas, can you hear me? Hello? Yes, we can. Now we can. We can hear you. I'm happy to be here. How are you guys doing? We're like a space station right now. We are um, we are <laughs> excited to have you here. Sorry about that. As you can see, professionalism <clears throat> is number two on our list of things to do uh, uh, for this show. It's overrated. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, all right. So without further ado, let's get into some DC talk. Um, actually, Mario, I'd like to go to you first. I believe you dropped sure. some Batman news. Uh, would you like to kind of let the people know uh, about that new Batman news that you dropped? Sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, on Friday I published a report that kind of outlines this, this garish game of bat and mouse that's been going on between Ben Affleck and Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment over the course of the last five years. And I offered it as, as – um, the best update I can right now, which is still that things are, are frustratingly in flux, that he seems to have one foot out the door, but he's still open to sticking around because he has the contract that, you know, that, he, that is still in place, 
and he's curious to see where they're going to go creatively from here. So there's a part of him that's still willing to fulfill his contract obligations, but he has a lot of reservations because he's not very happy with the way things have gone these last few years. And in the report, I kind of, in a very detailed way, break down all the different ways in which Ben Affleck is disgruntled. And you know what? It kind of makes it easier to understand why he would be so apprehensive about sticking around. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. Uh, question I want to ask you before I pass it to everyone else to get their opinions on yeah. the matter. Mar, I want to ask you, at this point, as a fan of the DCEU or the DC Universe, whatever they decide to yeah. call it, um, is this something that is starting to, to frustrate you? Because it's like you just want a clear, definitive uh, answer from either side so we know exactly yes. what we have going further rather than it seeming like, and I'm not saying this is the case, but it seems like Ben is somewhat holding them hostage because, I mean, when you have names like Jake Gyllenhaal or John Hamm that are just waiting to possibly uh, fill in those boots, isn't it kind of something that you just like, dude, make a decision so we can move on? Absolutely. It's very frustrating at this point. As much as I I loved him as Batman and Batman v Superman. Of all the different issues I had with that film, his, you know, Bruce Wayne Batman, I thought, I thought was great. And in general, at that point in time, I was excited to see where he was going to go as Bruce Wayne and Bats. But at this point, with the way everything has turned out, I'm ready to turn the page. Let's move on. Let's get into the Jake Gyllenhaal era of Batman. Let's just, it's over. Let's let, I don't even know what the point of trying to salvage this at this point is. You know, he's, he clearly phoned in Justice League for the reshoots and he was not really in it anymore. And his version of Batman basically kind of became almost as ineffectual as George Clooney's Batman and Batman and Robin. So I'm kind of like, I'm over it. I'm, it's frustrating. Let's just, let's, let's go. Let's move on to phase two of this, of the DCU now, as they start a whole new, you know, the, the next chapter. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And at the end of the day, it's one of those situations to where it's like, um, kind of do understand from his point of view, um, mm-hmm. just all the hassle BVS got, then just like all the negativity Suicide Squad got, and then mm-hmm. uh, Wonder Woman was like, all right, good, we should be good. And then Justice League comes out, and that wasn't, uh, you know, praise as well as it seems as though the cast was hoping. I don't really think upper management was expecting that movie to be much because yeah. uh, it didn't seem like they gave a care on whether or not that movie did anything um, yeah. of significance. Um, you know, so I kind of get where he's coming from to where it's like I love, you know, uh, lacing up the boots and being Batman every day, but there's everything that comes with it. Although he knew to a degree, he had to have known what comes with being Batman, your schedule, your time, a lot of the movies that you want to do, you can't because now you, you, your time is being filled with being Batman for however many appearances yeah. they need you to do. Well, something um, I outlined in the report, just just while you're on that subject of scheduling, is like, you know, he didn't realize what he was getting himself into to a degree. He kind of thought, it was almost going to be like what happened with Christopher Nolan, where Nolan got to make his Batman movies, but in between he got to make movies that he really loved. You know, there was Batman Begins, followed by The Prestige. There was The Dark Knight, followed by Inception. Then there was Dark Knight Rises, then he got to make Interstellar. Like he kind of felt like there would be that sort of balance and that sort of discipline to the proceedings. 
And unfortunately, he came in on a situation where they were just kind of shuffling everything constantly and retooling things, and the schedules totally got out of sync, and his live-by-night suffered because of it. So, you know, as much as he should have known what he was signing up for, he was looking at what had just happened with the Dark Knight trilogy, and he thought that would be the model. He thought that's what he was stepping into. Yeah, one thing he needed to realize, though, was his name is not Christopher Nolan. Um, Dane, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll go to you. What, what are some of your thoughts about uh, what, what's going on with Ben? Well, even, I mean, even that last statement, I, I do agree with you. I mean, Nolan does have a prestige to his name, but Ben Affleck has been a Wonder, uh, Wonder Brothers darling for a while now making movies. And he is at that level where, you know, because of Fargo, I basically think that, he is a you know next level director, and I think that since he didn't have still that prestige as far as being a director, um, Warner Brothers did put too much in front of him. I, I think that that's been seen since the rumors that he was just coming on to do Justice League. I don't know if he really wanted to play Batman. I know he loves Batman, but I think he wanted to direct Batman movies, and I think that you know it seemed like a lot more was piling on to him, and then mix that with a failing marriage, and then you know, getting over alcohol. There was a lot, and we've, we've, we've gone at that at length. And, you know, with Justice League, it just sucks because $350 million, I think, total, just completely just, you know, just not taken care of and, and a wish-wash collection of two directors for one movie. Um, so it just, with the whole Ben thing and just going back and forth, it's like, look, I would love to have him stay on, and I've said this before, I've, I've said this many times now, I would love to keep Ben Affleck as Batman because I'm kind of like a stickler like that when it comes to having the same person. I, I, I don't like change, but also because I liked his performance. Um, I don't like him smiling a bunch when Superman's around. That's just weird. But for the most part, <laughs> I enjoyed Ben Affleck's performance as Batman, and I wanted to see that grow. But if we have other people that are gunning for it and that really want to play it, like we've heard about John Hamm and Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean, that's just two names, I'm sure, out of several that would do a great job with that character. So um, it's unfortunate, and I don't want them to completely restart the DC um, cinematic universe, whatever the hell you want to call it. But if it goes on without him, I'm sick of talking about it. That's fine. Let's progress and get to another age of Batman, if you will. Yeah, and uh, just really quick before I pass it to you, Kanan, I do want to add uh, I completely agree with you, Dane, uh, as far as his um, directing um, – Resume. Uh, when I said he's not Christopher Nolan, I meant that in, in regards to I'm sure the level of trust that Christopher Nolan built with Warner Brothers is somewhat different than um, what they kind of have with Ben, only because of, uh, you know, what, what Mario was saying before. Think about those the movies that Christopher Nolan had come out in, in that span of his time, you know, working with Warner Brothers, like, you know, um, the, the Batman movies and then all those, you know, Interstellar, um, Inception, like th- those were huge movies. So I was just saying it on the line of like Christopher Nolan's like 1A and I think Ben might be 1B, maybe even 2. But that's not like, you know, a shot at him at all. He's an amazing director. I just think they ha- they hold Christopher Nolan in a higher regard than they may have uh, been. But all these things that, that we're saying as far as he didn't really know what he was getting himself into, these are all things you kind of have to negotiate before you sign your name and make sure you're a thousand percent clear. I mean, we've seen guys like Robert Downey Jr. who in the span of him being Iron Man, 
you can't really remember that many memorable movies he's done, maybe uh, outside of Sherlock Holmes, outside of being just Iron Man. And sometimes that's what comes with the territory. Like, that's what you're going to be throughout the uh, the length of your contract. You're going to be Iron Man. Um, but, Kanan, what are some of your thoughts on what's going on with Ben? Kanan? He's so heartbroken. All right. He has nothing to say. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. He's so heartbroken. <laughs> Um, oh, there's right, so, Until Kanan gets on, uh, I'll go to you, Nick. Uh, what are your thoughts about what's going on with Ben? Well, first of all, Ben should have listened to his own advice. You got to do the safe picture, then you do the art picture, and then sometimes you just do reindeer games. Um, also, we've had two <laughs> punts thus far in the first ten minutes of the show, so we're on track uh, for a great show as far as pun count goes. I love it. As far as Ben is concerned, I like. First of all, um, awesome reporting, Mario. Like, that's, that's a lot of uh, very interesting uh, knowledge um, on this Thank situation. Um, and uh, the, the biggest thing that I kind of take away from this whole, you know, scenario right now, because, um, you know, I've said it ad nauseum, like, we just, let's just get a new person in there. I personally really would love John Hamm, uh, but whoever it is, like, Let's just get some new blood in there. It's it's like, you know, for, for at least Jawan out of this group of people, it's like the Cleveland Cavaliers just, like, sending out half their roster and bringing in a new roster. Like, sometimes you just have to shake things up, you know? Like, that's just, that's just something that you have to do. And uh, I think this might be the situation, but the really sad thing is, is I feel like Ben is going to leave right as they're really starting to figure things out and they have such a great director coming in to do these Batman movies. Um, and that would just be so disappointing for like the movies to actually be great right as Ben leaves because he well, does you know deserve. I, yeah. Go ahead. You know, it, it, it's just funny because like you, you just hit something like uh, someone has theorized to me that that might be the actual holdup. He might be realizing this is a bad time to abandon ship because right now right. they are about to finally get on track. So, yeah, you just hit the nail on the head there. That is a very real possibility. Yeah, and, and like, if they if, if everything works out and they can get everything worked out, like, I, too, am in league with all of you guys. Like, I would love for Ben to stay. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's at a situation now where I think – most importantly, we not we as a fan base, but I guess like um, they as as in Warner Brothers and you know Jeff Johns and everybody who's you know after the the kind of realignment um, that they they had you know with Snyder leaving and and you know everybody all the new pieces coming in like we need to or they need to have all their, their, their cards in a row and, and have everything worked out. And I think that's kind of the biggest domino that's left that hasn't fallen. Um, so, you know, I, I, hopefully they get it worked out and he can stay because um, I, I really do think he would, he would be great. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get hung up either way because I genuinely love Ben Affleck as a director. Um, so if he steps away from Batman and gets to do like create more movies, I'm going to be just as happy, if not ha- potentially happier with that scenario. Yeah, I, th- I think my biggest thing is um, if if you're Warner Brothers, not Ben, if you're Warner Brothers, 
what you're telling Ben right now is, listen, you can't agree to, to come back and be Batman. Then if things don't work out, like let's say Aquaman is, is – I'm not saying it will be. This is just hypothetical. Aquaman's like a complete disaster. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the talk around, you know, DC and everything is like maybe they just can't get it right. And now you're like, all right, maybe I don't want to stay. It's like, well, you can't keep doing this with us. So if you agree to stay – you're with us no matter what. I, I don't care how crappy things may seem. You're staying because we're not going to have to go through this every two or three years when things don't seem to be going your way or things aren't as great as you would like them to be. So if I'm Warner Brothers, I'm having that conversation with them like I'd have with a five-year-old and say, listen, if you stay, you're staying. Um, but, Kane, hmm. what, what are your thoughts on what's going on with, um, with Ben? Uh, yeah, can you, can you hear me now? Yes, we there can. you go. Okay, good. Finally. All right, so, uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> no, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, there, you've covered a lot of stuff with Ben Affleck. You've covered a lot of stuff, actually, in the last few weeks with, with Warner Brothers. But is it is it true, some of the stuff being reported, that being when uh, Suji Hara came out and announced they were going forward with a Batman and gave a date and everything, is it the stuff going around, is it true that being – was legitimately upset at that, that I guess he was kind of blindsided, like, hey, you're kind of forcing me into this, and, um, you know, that's not what we kind of talked about. I mean, is that report going around true? Is there friction with Warner Brothers? Did they kind of mislead him? Uh, because, you know, a few, a, you know, a few weeks ago or a month ago, people were like, at, you know, at that point where they thought it was then. But a lot of stuff's coming out about Warner Brothers, especially with Snyder, and Justice League does not painting a very nice picture for Warner Brothers. And so, you know, maybe Warner Brothers is to blame. Maybe it's not Ben wanting to leave. But, I mean, is that true? Is there, like, some friction with Ben and Warner Brothers right now because of that, because of them kind of pigeonholing him into doing the Batman on their schedule and not his? I mean, as far as yeah. announcing that early? Well, yeah, I mean, they they were really pushing very hard. He, even even with all of his vocal concerns about where the script was early last year, telling like publicly to in interviews and elsewhere that like you know the script is not really we're not going to do anything until the script is where I want it to be. They were still trying to put the pedal to the metal. They, they, they wanted to try to have the Batman done and released by this fall. So they were trying to get, like, you know, they were setting apart sound stages. They were trying to get things into motion for the spring of last year while he's saying it's not ready yet. So they, you know, that was definitely, you know, that old regime over there was really pushing very hard to get this done against his better judgments. And, you know, I think that's, that's a big reason for why he's so, like, you know, just kind of over it. And so, you know, he's so gun shy about proceeding with them. Yeah. Okay. That's understandable. I just I wasn't sure if that was true, and if anybody probably knew. Um, I, I figured that you you would have the answer for that, especially since you broke uh, the Ben Affleck uh you know, today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, go ahead. No, no. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. Um, we definitely know for sure. Uh, Warner Brothers isn't the innocent party, in what's what's going on with Ben. Uh, by by any means. Uh, especially with what happened with, with Justice League. But when you look at it and you look at the cast, like a lot of us saw, uh, you know, just as far as this show here, a lot of us saw Justice League and really enjoyed it. We knew the flaws. We, we knew all that other, uh, you know, negativity going around that movie, and we still loved it. 
Um, and one of the things we enjoyed was how, like, that cast, that cast just really seems to fit together. They work together. Um, and, and it was something that I didn't really, me personally, want to see Ben leave because I thought they just all fit together so well. But at the end of the day, I do not want to keep hearing the idea of what is he going to say? Is he going to go? Like the one DC movie I have wanted since this whole DC universe has started was a solo Batman film. And I feel as though we're getting everything but a solo Batman film. Um, you know, at this point, we might even get Nightwing before we get that solo Batman film. So yeah. it's one of those things to where I need them to kind of resolve this. So whoever's going to be Batman can be Batman. So I can finally get a um, a solo Batman film kind of catered around how uh, they made Batman in BVS and in um, Justice League. Um but, um, excuse me, I wanted to also ask you, um, this was another huge thing that I know upset a lot of fans, uh, Mario, and I wanted to start with you. Um, were <laughs> okay. you upset at all seeing that um, the black suit um, that we were all hoping Superman could wear in the um, – in in most of that movie was kind of just yeah. teased in a deleted scene. Like, did that bother you at all? Well, you know, what I, I found it all sort of unsettling and unnerving. It was like looking at a relic for something that, that didn't exist anymore. You know, like seeing, you know, Cavill there with the Hans Zimmer, like Krypton, Krypton music playing, it just it it just felt like I was looking at a ghost. You know what I mean? Like the, the, this is not yeah. the movie that we got. And even though I understand why we didn't get that movie, and and for many intents, for all intents and purposes, I did actually enjoy Justice League a fair amount. Um, it was weird seeing that call to mind all the mixed emotions I had watching it. Where it's like I had just finished marathoning Man of Steel and Batman v Superman in the nights leading up to Justice League, and that made the tonal departure and even the visual like it, it was so jarring how different that movie was. So seeing that one minute clip was like, oh yeah, this is kind of, you know, the, whatever feeling this scene has, this is what the movie was going to be. And I'm so curious to see how the whole thing would have played out. Um, in terms of being upset about the scene itself, you know, I don't know. It, it, to me, it just seemed like it was just a little tiny bit of connective tissue. You know, that, that was supposed to be the scene that would have taken place after the, the, the stuff on Smallville, as he's deciding to re-enter the fray, he, uh, I think it was sort of symbolic. He walks past the black suit and comes upon his actual suit. You know, we don't see it. It fades to black. But when he comes to the actual one, I imagine the scene would have ended with a shot of that, and then we cut back to what's going on in the third act. So, you know, I, I don't think it would have added all that much, but uh, it was just weird seeing what it kind of felt like a ghost. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think the my biggest issue with that is, one, um, I, we've discussed this on this show numerous times. One thing we do not like uh, that Warner Brothers kind of handles these VC films, it's like, all right, well, we're going to give you one thing in theaters, and then it's like, we're going to give you what you really wanted in the DVD. And it's just like, all right, yeah. well, I get you may. You know, you have a, a thing of you need to sell DVDs, which is fine. I completely get that. But what you don't do is shortcut us in the actual theatrical version just mm -hmm. to make us buy the DVD. Like, 
if you gave us that in a theatrical version, guess what? We'd still buy the DVD. So, I mean, you wouldn't yeah. lose money in DVD sales. All you're doing is robbing us of a full experience in the theater. Like, stuff like that I want to see in the theater, not on my, my, my television screen. Like, I want to experience the, the full effect while I'm in the movie theater. And honestly, the biggest thing I took from seeing uh, that, that really cool moment of him, uh, of the suit kind of being behind him and him kind of, you know, walking away from it was, no matter what anyone says about Zack Snyder, one thing I, I believe I can always say about him, he has his thumb on the pulse of what fans want. He knew fans wanted that black suit, and for whatever reason, for Warner Brothers uh, not wanting him to actually be in the suit, or maybe Zack's vision wasn't for him to actually be in the suit either, he knew fans wanted to see it, and he was willing to even just tease it. Just tell him, like, listen, I know, guys, I know you wanted it, but for whatever reason, we couldn't get him in that suit. But I'm still thinking of you guys, and I had him, um, you know, just look at the suit. Like, the suit was there. So I think that's one thing, um, you know, fans should always remember about Zack Snyder and, and what he did with the DC uh, universe. He just seemed to always have his thumb on the pulse of what fans wanted from these characters. And he, excuse me, and he always brought us, you know, just great things that we wanted. I still think um, that ending scene between uh, Lex Luthor and Slade was all Zack Snyder. It, it just screamed Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just like that's that's what that guy does for the fans. Like that was beautiful. That was amazing. Like that was worth <laughs> yeah. sitting through um, you know, the the credits and everything to see that amazing scene and what that could possibly set up going forward. Um Yeah. Dane, I'll go to you. Um, what did you think about the Superman deleted scene uh with the black suit? Um, it was it was cool. Um, I honestly, I mean, if they would have put it in there, I would have enjoyed it. And I know that it is a Zack Snyder touch. But for someone that grew up with the Dead Superman as a story arc, read it, uh, you know, read the whole following thing, was very close to those comics as a kid during that period, I never really cared, honestly, if he was ever going to be in a black suit or not. I know that that is not the, the normal thing to say as a comic book fan, but it never really bothered me. And to see a bunch of people freak out about it, personally, I kind of found it a little bit amusing because I'm cynical like that. But <laughs> I just, it, it did not have to make the final cut. I was fine without it, um, you know, but it would have been cool, like a little nod. But I never thought that it was necessary or like a deal breaker. Yeah, and I, I completely respect that, man. Uh, I mean, him not being in the suit didn't take away from, you know, that being a, a, a really enjoyable movie. So I completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, my biggest thing on why I thought it'd be just really cool to see it, um, I, I think I remember having this conversation with you, Dane, well before Justice League um, came out. I was saying I would have loved if they had, even if it was just for a, a few minutes, um, him come back in that black suit and and fight the team to where it's not necessarily he doesn't really know who these new guys are. It's just like his mind is just like so, you know, so fueled with anger and everything, him in that black suit taking on the, the, the Justice League and everything. I thought that would have been really cool. But it didn't, you know, we still got him taking on the Justice League in street clothes, really, with just pants. 
and it didn't take away from it at all. So I completely understand where you're coming from. It, it, it's us fans just wanting wanting the cake, uh, you know, and to eat it too. So I definitely get where you're coming from. It wasn't a deal breaker at all. Um, but also but, remember, this would have come after the Justice League fight already. The the confrontation right. would have happened by now because this one he's wearing that red flannel shirt that he got in Smallville. So that you know, that, that him and you know he wouldn't he would have never faced them in the black suit. Uh, you know the the black suit would have been kind of just an arbitrary thing if he showed up to fight Steppenwolf in it or something. You know, which is why which is right. why I think they they nixed it. Yeah, and I mean like like Dane said, it, it wasn't a, a deal breaker at all. Um, the, the the way it turned out to be was was perfectly fine. I think the main reason why fans got all upset was because Henry Cavill did tease. Um, a photo of the black suit. So fans just immediately were like, all right, well, we're going to see it. And then when they didn't, they were like, oh, man, like I, I thought we were going to be able to see the black suit. So I guess that kind of yeah. is what fed into the idea. And it was it was based off Death of Superman. And in Death of Superman, he had that suit. So, But like Dane said, fans just kind of, you know, we want our cake and they eat it too when it comes to these, hmm. these superhero movies. Um, Nick, uh, how did you feel about seeing the deleted scene of the Superman black suit? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, Dane in this. I like, it doesn't really bother me. Um, like I, I didn't even like just seeing it. I was, I was like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but like I, Superman was probably my second favorite part of the movie. So like, I really don't have that many gripes about, I mean, other than the, the CGI uh, mustache incident, which to me, it's still like, like, did y'all see Rogue One? Did y'all see Tarkin's face? Like, it was not that bad. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It Seriously. Just wasn't. And like, so, you know, to me, I mean, it, it, it's very noticeable um, and it's unfortunate, but it, it didn't, it didn't jar me like the, the Tarkin scene did. Um, so like he, yeah, I mean, he was, I love the way that I guess the, whoever was responsible for it, whether whatever team effort, uh, was involved for us to get, uh, the performance that we got, the Superman that we got. I loved it. I I loved, um, when he comes in to save the day and he has his little cheesy one-liner, um, I love the race scene at the end. I love his little moment with Lois and especially the moment with his mom when she, when she drives up and she sees him, no idea how, how like she got there that fast. Cause I, I very much thought she was in Metropolis <laughs> just earlier, but like, nevertheless, like I, I, I loved it. I loved like those parts of the movie. The only thing that I think I loved more was Ezra Miller's flash, but like I, I just love Ezra Miller, so pretty much anything he he does, I'm 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 gonna be a big fan of. Um, but no, like I, I I didn't have complaints. But it is funny. I do think you you hit the nail on the head, Juan. It, it, it's the fact that it was teased, and then fans got their hopes up, and then coupled that with the fact that this movie's tone is is so different than you know the previous um, DCEU movies you know, that we have, I mean, even Wonder Woman to a large extent, um, it wasn't as, as grim as Snyder's movies. Um, but it definitely was, um, it it was, I mean, it was a war movie. So it was of course like a little darker in tone. Um, it had, I think, I think it did the best job of balancing, uh, of having levity, balancing the, the, um, kind of harsh war tone with, 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, but like, uh, what I was going to say is it, it kind of reminds me at least a little bit of, like, this this outspoken, out, outspoken uh, fan base against The Last Jedi. Like, um, they didn't get what they want, so they're, like, they're, they're really mad. Like, they, they, they feel like it's just, it's the worst Star Wars movie ever, and it's, like, no, like it's not. It's it's actually a really good film. Like if you don't like it, I yeah. understand. Like there's plenty of good movies out there that I just don't like. Like I just they don't resonate with me, whatever. But it's it's not like a bad movie. Um, but you know, a lot of times when you know fans get their hopes up for for something and it you know a movie gives them something different, they just they don't know how to how to balance that. And I think that's a a lesser example um, of of that with the black suit. Yeah, Snyder, I mean, cut. I, I, Snyder cut. Snyder cut. Snyder <laughs> cut. Right. I I will say this. I, I would totally watch this. the Snyder um, cut, but like you know, I don't. Definitely. Uh, you know, it's not what we got. Me too. Yeah. Like, you, you know, like um, if you don't enjoy what you got, fine. But like, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah, I will say as far as the the whole Henry Cavill uh, mustache. Uh, uh, thing that was happening. I will say this: my number one thing was, all right, like you know, they didn't want to, you know, have him shave for for Superman because he was in Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible better be really good uh, Hell yeah, because better. it messed up <laughs> Superman's face. I'll say this: after seeing that Mission Impossible trailer, I'm like, all right, I'll give you guys that. It does look yeah. really good. I, I'll I'll give you that. We we can suffer. Uh, <laughs> with his weird face because it looks like we'll be getting a good mission impossible. Um, but Kanan, what were your thoughts uh, about the Superman deleted scene? I mean, as a fan of Snyder and, you know, the fan of uh, the BBS uh, ultimate edition and the and man of steel, I, I mean, in a way I felt robbed because, uh, you know, I feel like Warner brothers went out of their way to market justice league as a Snyder film. And upon my first viewing, I, when I left, I said, that that's not Zack Snyder's movie. The aesthetics hmm. were nowhere near like Batman v. Superman or Man of Steel. And even though Patty Jenkins directed Wonder Woman, there was still a lot of Snyder aesthetics in that film. There was more humor. It was a lighter movie. But the it still felt connected and Justice League didn't. Justice League's tone shift was completely different. Um, I, I wondered why... And you may have even uh, said something about this earlier on uh, Twitter, Mario, but how honestly did Snyder even get credit as a director for that movie? It is so obvious that most of his scenes were removed. Uh, a lot, you can tell a lot of the movie that was reshot. And then the scenes that you, you can tell are Snyder's, like the the most of the uh, Justice League versus Superman showdown, you can tell because uh, of Henry's face. Uh, for most of it, it wasn't CGI'd up until the part with Batman. But what I liked about the, the black suit scene wasn't so much about just seeing the black suit, but it had come full circle from Man of Steel. When him and Jor-El were walking down the hall, and Jor-El's giving him the history lesson, and he's telling him about what the S means. Uh, and no, it wasn't like a winding river, that crap that they edited at the beginning of it. You know, the symbol meant hope. And you see him looking at, as the doors open, you know, you see him looking, and then he comes to the suit, and it was, and we don't know what happens, but you know, you remember when Jor-El was talking to him, the doors open on the ship, and there's the blue suit. You know, we see that that first shot. 
So Snyder just was felt like he was bringing it home. Plus the Zimmer music, the music for Justice League just did not fit the the universe that they had established. When I heard Zimmer's music in that trailer, I got goosebumps. And that yeah. little clip. I mean, it was just like, oh my goodness, why could they not add this? This was we needed this. You know, I, I get I, you know I get the John Williams theme and I get the the Batman theme. For, for Michael Keaton's Batman, but this isn't that universe. You know, they're not playing Christian Bale's Batman thing. You know, this is a new universe. This is a new setup. And Hans Zimmer's Superman theme is just as iconic um, in today's day and age as it was the John Williams theme back in the day. I hear them playing uh, Hans Zimmer's Superman music at ball games all over, football games, baseball games. They play that music. And I just I felt robbed. I just felt like fans were cheated in a way. And I know we're not going to probably see the Snyder Cut, and that's fine. And Mario, you probably get hounded every time you say something on Twitter. People are just like, <laughs> oh, you know, this, that, and the other. And and I'm sorry you have to go through that. Uh, and, you know, I've probably been guilty of not coming at you, but just other people in regards to that. But yeah. with all this stuff coming out, it's hard not to sympathize for Snyder because people are. Of course. Posting stuff on Vero and he's liking it, and I don't even want to know what the relationship is with him and Warner Brothers. I mean, we may not ever see them do another movie uh, together. I mean, of course, you know, money talks, you know, that whole scenario. But it was just like seeing that, it was just like, oh man, you know, we missed out on so much. Justice League could have been a big heaping pile of crap, but it would have been Snyder's heaping pile of crap, and he would have got the credit that he deserved. And then they could have moved on. And I just, you know, in a way, like I said, I just, I just feel cheated. And, um, you know, I never expected him to wear the suit. Um, but, you know, you just, you kind of feel, and you got that, um, you know, you got that Snyder moment in it. And, of course, you know, when that stuff comes out, fanboys and everybody just go ape and start burning bridges and tweeting <laughs> everybody. And, and Warner Brothers probably has 500 fans blocked on Twitter because of the, the tags they get. But, I mean, did you? Are you the one that wrote that on Twitter about the the, the directing? Like, how honestly did did we not get credit? I mean, how did Snyder even get his name on that? Cause, I mean, when you left that movie, did you did you talk to your friends and say that's a Zack Snyder film, or, or were you like me and looked at your friends and were like, that is not Snyder. That was maybe three, four scenes. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was the one to tweet of that earlier today. Like, I felt dirty, like, watching it. Like, I, even at the beginning, before the film had actually really begun, or early on, it says, like, a Zack Snyder film. And, like, I, by that point, I had been reporting on it so extensively, and I had heard so much about how much the film had been completely redone. But I'm like, wow, I, like, it just it didn't feel right. Like, how can they, how do they have the audacity to still call it that when this is, if anything, like film by committee, like, yes, there's, you know, there's, there's some Snyder, there's a ton of weed in, there's a whole bunch of, you know, producer notes and Jeff Johns trying to do stuff like to call this a Zack Snyder film just felt like, Ugh, I feel, I feel gross. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have, well, I'm right there with you. I don't see how they, I don't see how they didn't give co-credit. I mean, was this kind of just. I mean, and honestly, if it's just to do a service to him to say, hey, we're going to keep your name on it, honestly, it probably would have been best to take his name off because it's not really done him any service because they just took out everything, it seems like, uh, that he shot. So, 
Well, I mean, I, I look at it this way. I look at it to where uh, the, the credits kind of went to him because of the situation surrounding why he stepped away. Can you picture, um, if you're Warner Brothers, the negativity you would have gotten if you had said this was a Josh Whedon film and not given Zack Snyder any credit, especially after the news broke on um, why he had to, to, to leave the film? I think that would have caused uh, a way bigger circus um, if you had have taken, you know, uh, directing credits away from him and given it to uh, Josh Whedon. And that would have given, that would have put a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of negativity on Josh Whedon that I don't necessarily think he would have deserved. So I, I, I get why, you know, they they made it seem like it was Zack Snyder's film, even though we know it, it really kind of wasn't. Um, but that's a really slippery slope if, if you're Warner Brothers. So I think they, they aired on, on the best side that they could have uh, in that situation. Um, but before we, we move on to uh, some, some Joker news, Mara, I did want to ask you one question. Uh, that you know of, were, was there originally a scene of Slade breaking um, Lex out of jail in a Slade Batman scene? Or was that something that was maybe just talked about but never actually, like, filmed or anything? Yeah, see, I don't know if it was shot, but I also have read the reports that that, that, that scene was part of the original story. Um, but, yeah, I, whether or not it was actually filmed, unfortunately, I, I'm not sure. I've never actually asked specifically about it, but I know that it was something mm-hmm. that was part that was going to be part of it in some form had it actually, you know, had Snyder just been able to do what the, what plan A was. Man, ah, uh, uh, man, that sucks. Um, I was really. But that's the thing. I don't know if you've to, uh, seen my other idea of that. I, I mean, if you're into the Legion of Doom, you know there was also something. There was a scoop I broke about two months ago about the fact that the Legion of Doom, in general, you know, Slade Wilson and uh, Lex Luthor and all that, but that, that, that that's going to continue to sort of expand and be built upon through the next few DCU movies. That right now they're planning. I mean, spoiler alert, but. You know, they're planning to do another one of those Legion of Doom uh, post-credits for Aquaman also. And they kind of want to slowly mm. build up that team in the periphery of the next few DCU movies. Ultimately, you know, I think, and, and then this is where it goes from what I've been told to my speculation, but I have a feeling that, like, they might make Legion of Doom the villains of a Justice League 2 when and if that day ever comes. Mm. See, that's interesting because as fans, we thought we'd get Darkseid in the first. Then yeah. they were like, yeah, no, you're not going to even see him. Uh, he'll just be maybe just, just a name drop, but that's it. And then we're like, all right, cool. We'll see him in the second. And now that they set up the, the whole Legion of Doom, it now seems like they're trying to go towards doing that, which I always said it was fine if they were going to use dark side the way Marvel used Thanos. The only issue with that is your track record isn't that good. So you got to make sure whatever villain you use for Justice League 2 is something that will hit and hit hard because you don't have as many times to get things wrong before you get it right, before the fan base just goes, maybe you guys just have no idea what you're doing. Um, You can't just keep being spotty with like, Oh, this movie's good, but then there's two bad ones. Oh, this movie's good, then there's two bad ones. Put the crack pipe so down. Doom, exactly. 
Legion of Doom makes perfect sense. And I could honestly see Lex um, approaching Black Manta uh, at the end of um, this Aquaman solo. Yeah. And then, you know, building upon that, um, which would be seeking awesome. Um, yeah. Man, now I'm really excited for that. <laughs> and that's the thing, though, too. Because now I'm really Dark Side would have just been another big CG villain. And you know how they've, you know, the, the, the DC movies have been getting lots of negative flack, you know, from Ares to that Sphinx man in Suicide Squad to whatever his name was. <laughs> um, I just call him the giant walking Sphinx man. Uh, then there was Steppenwolf, you know, like Darkseid would have just been another one of these big sort of mythological godlike CG villains. And you notice that's why they totally, they stripped aside from one token name drop in Justice League. He's not even brought up much at all. And that's one of the issues with the film, though, too, because that's why Steppenwolf seems so sort of ineffectual. You know, I've used this Mm -hmm. metaphor a lot on my show, but it's like to to kind of borrow from the video game terminology for this re-edit that they did for this whole new cut of Justice League that they ended up creating. uh, They essentially promoted Steppenwolf from mini boss to final boss. Because, you know, he was supposed to just be, think about it, he was supposed to just be the guy you deal with on your way to Dark Side in part two. Right. And then when they decided, okay, yeah, he's supposed to be Goro, exactly. And then they just decided, eh, forget Shang Tsung. We're just going to do Goro because <laughs> we're not, you know, we, 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 we're not going to have time to do Shang Tsung done right. And we're going in a new direction anyway. So let's cut as much of the Dark Side references as we can. Let's have Steppenwolf be like the main antagonist and not really drop hints that he's the, the only a general in a, in a further invading army that's supposed to be coming. And let's just go towards Legion of Doom, which you know, the, these are actual villains that people could get into. They'll be tactile, human, you know, humanoid villains, and we don't have to deal with any more of the, the big cartoonish CG third acts anymore, you know, and kind of address some yeah. of those critiques. Yeah, and that's all fine and good, but, um, and I get that, like, I get the pivot, and, and that makes sense to me, um, but it really does, like, my biggest problem with Justice League, um, and uh, by the way, Kanan, that was a very impassioned speech, man, like, uh, props, like, I don't necessarily see eye to eye with you on it, but, like, that that, that came from the heart. I, I felt it, <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. I felt it. You thank reached you. out and you touched your brother's heart, all right? Um, yeah, and, uh, DC, DC. yeah, well, yeah. And, and, and here's the, here's the thing for me. The big, My biggest problem with it was the lack of um, any sort of uh, uh, quantifiable uh, or qualitative, rather, um, uh, direction for um, – uh, for Steppenwolf and, and motivation and like a lot of uh, from a lot of what I've heard is his, his original backstory was he was he was like a slave of Darkseid and he was having yeah. to do all this to, to win his freedom um, and that would have added so much more to that character that we like we just didn't get and that's probably the thing yeah. that upsets me the most about um, you know all the reshoots and, and, and tampering well, you know, yeah, being a fan you. of, yeah, no, it just and, and like you know, the character of Steppenwolf, being someone that considers himself to be a very knowledgeable comic book fan, I remember people would be like, 
you know, and this happens a lot, you know, once in, once in a while. They'll be like, so who's Guardians of the Galaxy? And I'll be like, honestly, like, I know a little bit. But like Steppenwolf, I knew that he was a general in Darkseid's army. I knew he was his uncle. That was about it. So when, when I found out that he was going to be the villain, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be like a setup, like, Darkseid's the emperor. He's kind of like Vader. And there's going to be some type of communication, some type of, nope, nope, didn't happen at all. And, you know, just also just mentioning on what you said about the CGI, and I think my favorite CGI character so far is Tim Curry as the unicorn-killing uh, legend of, or, um, what you call it, Lord of Darkness and legend. Oh, wait a minute. That was practical. Quit fucking making everything CGI video games. Sorry. Thank you. No, hey, listen. Touché, Dane. You, I like, I like that you got a Dane right in there. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're voicing right. what so many people have said about you know the with with DC's villains, just like watching the heroes go up against some sort of cartoon characters. Just at, at a certain point, you want to see them go toe to toe with 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 a tactile person, a humanoid of some kind. Yeah, no, I I completely <laughs> agree. Um, so to our next topic about someone who is on the human side that we don't have to worry about. CGI for I can only hope. Um, uh, Mario, I'll go to you first. Um, I can never pronounce this guy's name, and it always bugs me. Is it Hakeem Joaquin. Phoenix? Joaquin. 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 Gosh. Listen, I despise that, that name, man, because I could never get it right. Um, uh, Mario, the wrong kid died. Straight. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that isn't uh, Anyone who has that name. I, there, I couldn't I help myself, Dan. I couldn't help myself. Um, but no, Mario, I will go to you first. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, Phoenix being eyed, uh, to, to play the Joker in the Martin Scorsese, um, Joker solo film? And, uh, it's a two-sided question. This is one of, I think maybe, uh, one or two, maybe three names that have been circulating around. Is there actually anyone that they have in mind or are they just, is this like a casting call? They're just calling people in, having conversations, seeing what, what, what sticks. Well, what's interesting here is that, like, yes, like earlier on in this process, they had just sort of released like a wish list. Like they had said, like, you know, that Leonardo DiCaprio was at the top of who they would love to get. But in terms of the Joaquin Phoenix thing, it seems like they actually have spoken to him about it. And depending on who you ask, he has, like, agreed in, in, in principle to, to play it. I believe it was like the Hollywood reporter or variety. One of what, one of those big massive outlets said that basically at this point, it's just a formality that he, you know, he's, he's going to play it if the movie gets made. Um, and that, and that's the whole thing. Like with, with my, with my feelings about this, it's hard for me to gauge how, like how I even feel about it because on the one hand, it sounds exciting. Joaquin Phoenix is a very talented actor and, I'm very intrigued to see what he would do with the role, but that is that feeling is directly at war with all of my questions of what the hell is going on here? Why are they doing this? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I want to go, yeah, that's cool. I could see it. Why not? That this should be very interesting. But at the same time, like, are, are we really in a place where they have the creative, you know, sort of equity to, to suddenly do an else world tale? You know, it's like now we're going to try to like spoon, you know, train the audience to know that this is not the same as Jared Leto's Joker and just kind of 
you have to agree that there are two different live action jokers now and this one doesn't have batman in it as you know it and like i just i have so many questions for why they think this movie's a good idea that it's hard for me to just celebrate that anyone's involved like oh, scorsese's involved great you know todd phillips is involved great joaquin phoenix may be involved awesome but again why are we doing this so that, that that's kind of you know, that is my sort of internal conflict. Yeah, no, and I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I think Warner Brothers' biggest thing was um, the only way you could get Martin Scorsese to even remotely uh, look at or even entertain the idea of doing a film like this would be to be able to have as much control as possible and to only do one. Like, he does not want to yeah. have to do a trilogy – or a, a story that has a connect to, you know, Justice League or any of the characters. He just wants to make maybe a mob-oriented kind of, um, you know, uh, you know uh, kind of, that kind of feel of a Joker film. And I get it. Yeah. If you're Warner Brothers, you are not in a position to be shooing away Martin Scorsese. So I mm-hmm. get why, why, you know, if Martin Scorsese comes to you and says, listen, I have this idea – I want to take this character. You kind of just shake his hand without really knowing what <laughs> the consequences are. You shake his hand and you nod. Um, but, yeah, I do think um, also, uh, and, and Dane said this numerous times, and uh, I'm going to pass it right to you, Dane, so you can kind of go into it yourself. But um, the idea of it being, you know, there are multiple Earths. And luckily, The Flash, the show, has, um, you know, implemented the idea of it being multiple, uh, not necessarily realities, but different Earths with, with different stories and stuff like that. So I don't think you'd have to sell it that hard to the audience if you're establishing that this is a one-off, this is not a connective tissue to anything. Um, and the way Martin Scorsese kind of goes about his films, I don't think you would even, you know, the casual fan would even know necessarily that it is a um one a joker film and two that it has anything to do with those other characters because if they're following the whole origin he wouldn't really become quote-unquote joker i'd say to like maybe the the last act of the, the the movie so you know just a bunch of different ways martin scorsese can go about it that it would make sense to the general audience who is like i saw leto like five minutes ago who's this guy um, but Dane, I'll go to you. Um, what are your thoughts on Mr. Phoenix possibly being the Joker in the Scorsese um, solo film? You know, there's all me being all huff and puff like, Jared Leto wasn't that bad. I love Jared Leto's Joker. And then, what's his name? Boss Logic makes one picture of friggin' Joaquin Phoenix, the Joker. And I'm like, oh, man, so we're not going to like connect that whole entire thing? Are you serious? Like... All right. Out of all seriousness, I think the thing that people are not being rational about or or not thinking about is Todd Phillips, honestly. Um, I think that he's a pretty good director, but I don't think he has the greatest track record. And I don't think that Martin Scorsese is going to be there, you know, holding his hand the whole entire time. I hope that he, like he says, allegedly, he's going to be a hands-on director, but I don't know how that will pan out. So with Todd Phillips directing... You know, it it still could be really good. This could be a lot of fun, but I think it is going to be a little bit difficult 
to market it with a second Joker. I think that is kind of confusing. You already have another one on TV, or apparently he's not the Joker anymore. Hey, guess what, Gotham? Everyone wants him to be the fucking Joker. Why don't you just let him do that? Anyways, sorry, that's a separate thing. But we have like 15 Jokers, and that kind of does get confusing unless you do have in the movies, television, everything, kind of embrace the multiverse and try to explain on a grand format so you don't have like a little TV you know, uh, one thing where, where you have like Kevin Smith trying to explain it to people like, no, there's many things like in Jurassic Park at the beginning of it. No, no, no. Just, just try to establish somewhere that's some multiverse and maybe that can build up if you <laughs> – I'm not going to even like pretend that I'm going to entertain the concept of a Christ on Infinite Earth movie, but – yeah, that's that's a huge thing you can build up to. Is all I'm trying to say. I don't know. I I, I think it's awesome if it were to happen. I I'm kind of skeptical. Uh, I think his age is a little bit weird because I was expecting him to go younger. And this is pre Joker, so we're not going to see any like, you know, uh, makeup or anything like that. And apparently the reason why Joaquin didn't play uh, Lex Luthor or or uh, Doctor Strange, uh, it was because he didn't want to do multiple pictures. So this is going to be like you said, a one off. So to me, after hearing Stephen Knight saying that he'd love to do a show and put on HBO, seriously, I mean, this guy made Spartacus in the first season of uh, Daredevil, um, with John Hamm as Batman and Waylon Goggins as the Joker, I would rather that than this. I'm going to be honest with you. I know that's not an option, and I know you didn't give me options, but I'm just saying I'd rather that fucking concept. So. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, that would be freaking awesome. Um, I don't even know what to say to follow that up with. Um, Kanan, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? Well, I think if we can get the King Phoenix um, that played the you know Commodus and uh, Gladiator, then I say yes. Um, I think if Joaquin embraces this role, I think he could be a great Joker. I mean, we've seen him be a you know a really good bad guy, um, you know, in the movie Gladiator. I mean, he's done other great roles as well, so we know. His range um, in acting is there. Um, wonder is this Mario? Do you know? I mean, even with them this being a multiverse, you know, Elseworld type movie, um, you know, we've heard that Leto is still on board, you know, for Suicide Squad two or you know whatever movie they've got. You know, he's still that the DCU Joker. But do, is there any cause for concern that if Joaquin nails this role that they would put, you know, that they would go to him and possibly ask him to, you know, to fill in for Leto. I mean, is there any, is there, I guess is what I'm trying to get at, is there any concern that Leto will not be the Joker going forward, that his role in the Suicide Squad will be it, or do you not see that happening? Do you see everything being uh, as is and Leto will be the Joker for the DCU? Well, when it comes to Joaquin Phoenix, you know, A, there's the whole issue of uh, he doesn't seem to want to do a multi-picture thing, as, you know, as was just discussed. And there was also, you know, there were some rumors early on that, that this, this standalone Joker flick, in order to sort of differentiate it and set it apart, they're actually going to make it set like in the 80s. So it's going to be like a different era, different continuity. So they couldn't actually just sort of, you know, now transition him into the mainline DCU. So that that's going to be off on its own sort of area, you know, no matter what. Um, in terms of Leto, you know, it's interesting. In, in the direct aftermath of Suicide Squad, he was kind of on a, on a war path. He was, you know, he, he was kind of talking all kinds of smack about the movie. 
He was saying, I'm not even going to bother watching it. They cut so much of my stuff. He was kind of doing things that were like outwardly defiant, where there was like a thing where apparently Warner Brothers didn't want him to go rock climbing or do other certain types of things while he was still under contract because they were worried he would get uh, injured and it would interfere with his contractual obligations. And then he went on Instagram and posted himself rock climbing. And like he seemed to be like taunting them <laughs> to, to, to fire him. He was like, go for it. I dare you. You know what I mean? Like he seems so disgruntled by the way Suicide Squad worked out with the fact that so much of his work got edited out with the fact that the movie itself got like six or seven different edits when they kind of pushed David Ayer out of the editing bay and took over. You know, he was just so like over it that had you asked me after Suicide Squad whether or not we were going to see him again, I would have said, you know, I, I think it's over. Uh, but with that said, I kind of feel like, you know, he's still under contract. And I feel like since then, maybe they have sort of cooled off a little bit and there has been a thawing. So I do think we're going to see him. I just have a feeling that they're going to sort of, you know, tweak his portrayal. I think they, they heard a lot of the negative critiques about the sort of, you know, the gangster with the, with the gold, you know, grills and the tattoos and the leather jackets. I wouldn't be surprised if the next time we see him, he looks more like the classic, you know, sort of joker that we're used to in the purple suit and all that sort of thing. Like that is kind of what I, I think is closest to happening. I, I think we're going to see him, but I think he's going to be a little different. So he's going to have I, I didn't tattoo wanna... removal surgery? You get the damage written <laughs> yeah, off his forehead. Know. I don't know how they'll. You know, maybe they'll try to act like you know this version of Joker is constantly reinventing himself. He's the Madonna of DC villains. So you know, <laughs> then maybe they try, might try to incorporate that every few years he just tries a new look. And Suicide Squad took place during his you know uh, gangster oh, wow. pimp phase. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Vogue yep. era. <laughs> yeah. the, the pointy bra a Joker voguing. Yeah. A Joker voguing Woo. would be uh would be something definitely to uh, a sight to behold. Um I True. did want to say um to, to the point Kanan was making, uh just to pass it back to you really quick, Marl, before I pass it to you, Nick. Um if you know, you know, they do do this movie and, and Phoenix does get the role and everything and he does an amazing job. Um, if you're Warner Brothers, I mean I think there is a way you can approach him to continue to be Joker and tell him it doesn't have to be a multi-picture deal. Because, I mean, honestly, if we think about it, we only know, like, for sure, we're only expected to see Joker twice. Like, that's definitive. I believe Suicide Squad 2 and Harley and Joker. Um, I think those are the two definitive uh, movies that we know that are going to be made that we would see Joker in. I don't, you know, we don't have anything on the Batman to to assume that he'd be in it, definitely. So I think, you know, that could be something, you know, I mean, Warner Brothers isn't the, uh, you know, the the, the token of, of doing what we assume they should do. So that could be something they do to catch us off guard, that they go with someone like that and tell them, listen, do one here, do one there, and then, you know, maybe we don't use the Joker that much going forward. So do you think that could poss- you know, that could be a possibility, or do you think it's definitely like just after this, that's all Phoenix wants to do? I just feel like they are very deliberately setting up this movie to be on its own little island, you know, with, especially with the rumors of it being set in the 80s. 
because we know that these current, you know, the, the DC films up to now, aside from Wonder Woman, have all taken place in like modern day. You know, they, they, they may not explicitly say the year, but we know it's supposed to be relatively right around now. So if that if the if the if this standalone Joker flick is very clearly set in the 80s, how do you then handle the 30 year age difference that would happen too between that Joker and how he would appear now? You know, I just I feel like it would require way too many logistical hurdles for them to go through. So I think yeah. I think if we're if we're gonna see Joaquin as the Joker, it's gonna be in this standalone movie, and then that'll be all she wrote. That's that's what my gut tells yeah. me. That makes way more sense. Now now what I said kind of feels stupid. Anyway, um, <laughs> Nick, um, Nick, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I've got several. Uh, number one, as far as Joaquin Phoenix, um, I just, like, ever since Dane brought it up, like, casually, I can't get him as Wolverine out of my head. Like, I just want to see him, like, be the, the next Wolverine. I think that would be just so awesome. I mean, A, we all know he's a great actor. I think he could definitely bring something new to that role when they do finally recast Wolverine. Um, and, and he looks like he got caught actually, in the face. He's actually short, like, and he's, like, he's like not the most attractive-looking dude. Like, he's not ugly, but he's not, like, the most attractive. Like, like Hugh Jackman is – I think I'm sure he's been sexiest man of the year before. Like, I don't think Joaquin Phoenix will ever or has ever been sexiest man of the year. So my my point being, he fits like he, he's a great actor, and he fits the uh, the more classical interpretation of the character of Wolverine from the comics. Um, so I think that would be that would just be super awesome. Do I think it's going to happen? No, because of the whole multi picture deal. Um, and he's such a like weird dude. I don't know how he would like meld with all of those MCU people, assuming that you know this whole Fox deal goes through and everything. Um, but like, nevertheless, I think he would like, he's still kind of like my number one, um, at this juncture, uh, for that role. Um, as far as, you know, the whole Joker movie and everything, I love the idea, uh, like of just like, like, honestly, like to me, I kind of see this as like, a like, uh, an opposite side of a coin to Batman begins. Like it's like Joker begins. Um, and you you could literally just have it end like the same way that Batman begins ends with with you know Commissioner Gordon giving Batman you know the card with the Joker you know thing um, like just have a slight illusion at the end of the movie to Batman uh, like coming up and and becoming Batman um, but have the movie obviously not feature Batman just be about Joker's rise to power in the gangster syndicate within Gotham. Like, I love that concept. I think it's such a cool concept. Um, as far as, uh, you know, Walking Phoenix being, being the character, that's fine. Um, you know, I mean, I, I to, to me, it, like the, the, they could pick a lot of people. I mean, I, I kind of like that, the notion of Ryan Gosling, like he was in talks to play Joker as well. Um, to, 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 to play Jared Leto's Joker. But again, he didn't want to do, um, a multi, uh, contract, type situation like he he wanted to just do one film um so that was ultimately why they didn't go with him um so i think he's another option um but i you know honestly and i've said this on the show numerous times uh or or at least once um you know (laughs) i kind of went on a rant about it i think that um 
I just kind of like the idea of the DCEU being like, we're going to take Fox's angle um, just and, and just push it even further. And like, we'll, we'll, we'll put Jared Leto in this movie and let him be, you know, this version of the Joker. Um, but it, it's still not going to connect to anything. You know, like it doesn't matter. Like we're just going to make awesome movies and some of them will connect and some of them won't. And, you know, like we'll just, you know, we'll advertise them accordingly. Um, and just trust that, you know, if we make good quality films, that the fan base is not going to utterly, ultimately rather, care that some connect and some don't. Because, you know, like Logan is is just way out there and just like, just, you know, connects very loosely to any other X-Men property. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't have a firm connection to any of it, but we all love it because it's arguably the greatest superhero movie of all time um so you know that's my thing like i just i just wish i just want them to give get, like get away from having to uh stick to you know uh, uh like a, a this long-term plan that's constantly in flux and they don't really like maybe they're doing this maybe they're doing that like just let fucking let good directors make good movies like and that's the thing that drives me crazy about suicide squad is like david ayer is a damn good director um, like Kanan said earlier, like, it, you know, if, if you know, uh, Justice League had been a heaping pile of shit, it would have at least been Zack Snyder's heaping pile of shit. Um, same thing with, with Suicide Squad. You know, if, if, if David Ayer's cut of it wasn't good, at least it would have been on David Ayer. Um, and we would have all known, well, hey, David Ayer, you know, he, he, he missed the mark on this one, you know. I mean, he hit it with, you know four of his last five movies, and that was the one that didn't hit. Um, but, like, uh, I, I just I much prefer the notion of, of just letting directors make cool movies. Um, and the fact that you already have, uh, like, a, a, a cult of comic book fans who are following your films, who, like, recognize that there are multiple Earths, uh, so you can get away with having continuity issues as far as how it all connects. Uh, I... I and, and, you know, again, if you make good movies, it doesn't matter how everything connects. You don't have to copy the MCU. That doesn't have to be your your ultimate end goal. Um, and and I, I don't know. I just I can't come off that. I think that if, like, if they want to differentiate themselves, I feel like that would be the way to go. Um, and I don't feel yeah. like it's too late to do it. I, I mean, I feel like, they could still kind of pivot towards that, and this could be one of the ways to do it. And, and like I said, you could just have Jared Leto do it. It doesn't matter that it doesn't connect to his his Joker. Like, is that really any more confusing than seeing like uh, a different actor play a different Joker? Maybe I don't know, but like, I I, I don't know. I think th- that would ultimately be my thing. Let your directors make good movies, and let and. Or just let them make movies, and hopefully they're good. You know, stop fucking with, I, your, with your directors. Yeah. Hopefully they're good, Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of a director that they should probably not let direct, um, <laughs> let's go into some Lobo news. Um, seems like Michael Bay uh, could possibly be... Segue. Yeah, it was. I try, I try, I try, I try. Um, looks like Michael Bay is being eyed to direct a Lobo movie. 
And, yeah, no, that sounds god-awful. But, no, Mario, I'll, I'll go to you first. Uh, yes. One, do we necessarily right now need a Lobo movie? And, two, do you want Michael Bay directing <laughs> your Lobo movie? <laughs> All right. So let me just disclaim that after this, I'm going to have to head on out, and it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you fellas. Um, but let me go ahead and, and tackle this. So in terms of Lobo, A, do we need a Lobo movie? Uh, I would argue that the answer is no. I feel like right now the focus should be on rehabilitating our heroes and, and getting the DCU back on track because right now there's just so much negativity around it. I, I feel like we need to be focusing on core characters, trying to get the main pillars of this universe up and running before we start getting to like tertiary characters like Lobo. Um, you know, do, do I like Lobo? Do I think it could be a cool movie? Sure, but I feel like that should be such... That should be like the eighth thing on their priority list right now. It's just it shouldn't even be on their radar, so I'm surprised that it is. Uh, in terms of Michael Bay, though, here's where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm the different one. I don't like Michael Bay. I should say that. But I do know that he has other gears. He has other things he brings to the table. He's not all Transformers movies. You know, when I, when I think about, like, Bad Boys 1 and 2, I think about a director who can actually handle cool characters with comedy and action and bravado and have a real style to them and are actually just like a fun ride, a fun romp. And like, if, so in other words, if we get like the bad boys, Michael Bay for Lobo, I think he could do a pretty damn good job of it. So, you know, so I'm not just someone who instantly sees his name and this movie and rolls my eyes and goes, all right, well, this is a lost cause. What a terrible idea. I do think he might be able to pull something off because he's shown he can do action comedy with cool characters and just make like a fun ride that doesn't leave you numb and cold and dead inside like a Transformers movie does. Yeah, and I wanted to say also before I even uh, respond to that, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. We had a lot yeah. of fun with you, and you definitely gave us a lot of nuggets. Um, Thanks, Mario. Uh, My pleasure. <laughs> My pleasure. Scoops. It was great. We should do this again sometime. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We, we will have our people talk to your people and make sure we set that up. Uh, and thank you for using the word tertiary on our show. I feel like that's the first time it's ever been used, and I'm just I'm, I'm very happy about that. It's why I'm here. You know, I got my SAT, my SAT book out, you know? Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Here, Luigi, Mario. No. Uh, no, but um, all right. honestly, seriously, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. The pleasure was mine, fellas. Have a good night and enjoy the rest of your discussion. I will listen to the rest of this episode when you put it up. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. All right. Bye. Um, yeah, no. Wow. He was amazing. That, that guy that was, was a super great yeah, really cool. I love cool that. Dude. That was cool a dude. great like guy. Um, did we just, go did we just talk to the, the – was that like the professor from um, Jurassic Park? Like the guy that started it? <laughs> he seemed really whiz – like he had a lot of wisdom. I don't I don't think that you look old. I don't know what you look like, man, but I'm just saying you, you sound I will smart. Say the, there you go. I, I, I would our, say with, with a lot of affirmation that he doesn't look like the KFC guy. 
No, the <laughs> IQ of, of this show definitely went up. Um, to get more into uh, the Lobo conversation, um, I, I definitely. And let's go back to saying. Dub. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but hey, I know uh, words I like tertiary. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know any of those. I'm just kiss my tertiary. Um, I definitely understand where he's coming from. I think the, the main reason why it, it scares me is I feel as though when Michael Bay takes something that we we know of, like we've seen Lobo in comics, we've seen him on a few of the animated shows, we know Lobo, we know um, Transformers, and we know Ninja Turtles. When he takes a known property is when it seems to usually always tend to go wrong. Um, when he does original concepts, that's some of his greatest work, original concepts. Like, Bad Boys wasn't a show back in, like, 1930 that he did, like, a, a re-edit of, you know, and a newer version of. Like, that was, that was his version of, of, of Bad Boys. So, you know, when he takes original ideas, I feel as though those are when we get the best out of Michael Bay. And outside of the first Transformers, the rest of them were just, to me, really, they were like visual noise. That was all it was. Some of the characters, to me, were a little borderline offensive. Um, and, and Ninja Turtle mm-hmm. movies were just god-awful. Just Disaster porn. Yes. So, I mean, that, to me, is what would scare me the most. It seems like when he attaches his name to known properties, especially properties of our childhood, that's when it tends to go more visual and less story-driven, less a complete movie. Um, excuse me. Uh, Dane, I'll go to you. Uh, are you excited for the possibility of a Michael Bay uh, Lobo film? I can't believe I'm about to stick up for Michael Bay on my movie podcast. Um, I feel like it's a pretty big low, but I just have to say – Talking about one of my favorite comic book characters, whose stupid action. I mean, when 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 uh, when Keith Griffin made Lobo and was writing it in the '90s, actually mid '90s, it was about a rebel alien that was a bounty hunter and would get paid a certain amount for something to go and kill. We, we I'm sure a lot of people know about Lobo. Very much heavy metal comics, that type of feel to it. Very much inspired by 80s and 90s action. Lots of explosions. So for that reason, I actually don't think Michael Bay is a bad idea. If you look at it, we kind of talked about a couple of them. Michael Bay made Bad Boys. He made The Rock. He made Armageddon. He made Pearl Harbor. All right, well, Pearl Harbor doesn't count. Okay, he made Bad Boys 2. He made The Island. All right, well, pretend The Island doesn't count. He made Transformers, but and a bunch of other sequels for Transformers, but he also made Pain and Gain. And he made that 13 Hours movie that I liked. I'm just saying, the guy knows action. If you give this to, I, I keep on saying his name for the role, and I'll keep on shouting it out there. Hopefully, like, I don't even care that he's in Deadpool. Someone's going to tell me that. Kiss my ass. Terry Crews needs to play Lobo. I think that he would do a great job. If you do Terry Crews with Michael Bay, Michael Bay's special effects company, and make it just like I said, Lobo is, you know, trying to find whatever, whatever bounty, have much like a, um, a bad boys driven, like comedy style concept. And for the antagonist, Guy Gardner, they, he, him and Lobo hate each other. You know, do it like how Nick's talking about it. Let this film kind of sit by itself. Yeah, he's a Green Lantern. Maybe he's a Red Lantern in this. Who gives a shit? We don't ever have to have him connect to Superman and the other Lanterns. And who do you get to play the douchebag Irish 
freaking lantern that's off trying to get the same exact thing that Lobo's trying to get? <laughs> Marky you Mark, get Mark Wahlberg. You get fucking Mark Wahlberg. Because Mark Wahlberg's worked with them, okay? So it's Mark Wahlberg and Lobo, and they're beating the shit out of each other, blowing stuff up, rated R. There's boobies, everything. I mean, it's going to be raunchy. It'll be great. There'll be so many midriffs. Megan Fox will play so many midriffs. It will be amazing. <laughs> so there you go. That is my launch for the movie. I actually will go and watch it. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't really care. It could be like Deadpool, but like not like Deadpool because Deadpool will probably be way better. But still, Terry Crews for Lobo. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, after everything you said, I honestly would prefer to hire Ryan Reynolds to direct this uh, this Lobo film <laughs> over uh, Michael Bay. Um, no, but in all seriousness, uh, Dane, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. The, the guy knows his action, and, and Lobo is definitely an action-driven uh, character. So if you're saying, and I'm not saying this is what you're saying, Dane, but I'm saying if someone is saying they want Lobo to be the equivalent of visual noise. They don't really need like a strong uh, story and, and, and driven character development. They just need Lobo just having fun, cigar in his mouth, killing people, fucking shit up. Then that's fine. Sure. Sign Michael Bay up. Well, I, I would of, say... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I would say that you need a good writer still because Michael Bay actually, if he has someone that's writing for him, well, I mean... All right, I shouldn't even say that because he had like a workshop of fucking writers for the last Transformers movie. Um, but maybe you do need somewhat a little bit of story. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to get the um, the what the hell that 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 thing that Deadpool had had a lot of heart in it, and you're not going to find any heart for a Lobo movie. But you can still have like a story to level. I think of Deadpool, if not not as as much, if that makes sense. No, it completely makes sense. But but that's what I'm saying. I don't I Lobo isn't a character I need a lot of like, you know, uh, you know, story to, but still I don't just want visual noise. I mean, you know, I kinda do want it to somewhat make sense and I need the dialogue to make sense. That last Transformers movie was filled with dialogue that made absolutely no sense. None <laughs> whatsoever. So, like, I can't just have it be, oh, man, you see how cool the action looks? But, yeah, I had to watch it on mute. Like, no, I don't, I don't want that. And that's what I had to do with most of his Transformers movies. Um, but I, I do get what you're saying, uh, Dane, in, in the sense of the guy's really good So many midriffs. And, and you, yes. Megan Fox would, uh, I, okay, I'm done. Um, <laughs> uh, Kanan, um, what, what are your thoughts on a Michael Bay Lobo film? Well, uh, I, you know, I'm in agreement with what Mario said. I mean, I think Michael Bay is a lot more than Transformers. I do think he's, uh, you know, as we talked before the show, I, I didn't, I really liked the first Transformers. Uh, the second one wasn't as bad as the last two, and I liked the third one. I think the last two movies, I think he phoned home. I think uh, he just did it for the money. Like you said, the last one especially was just really bad. Um I I still can't even bring myself to really watch Age of Extinction on TV. I think Mark Wahlberg probably did not make the best career choice by joining those films. Uh, I think they really should have just stopped after the third one, but you know Hasbro. Give it to my bank account, you motherfucker. Yeah, you don't need the money, Mark. Okay, you're making Daddy's home too. All right, you don't need the money. I want Rolexes on my toes. 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, but I really do think that uh, I, I really do think that Michael Bay could uh, do a really good Lobo movie. I, I don't think that uh, I mean it, it fits his his scheme, you know, really good. I think he could get a really good cast. I think he would have the the explosions and the humor. I mean, really, you wouldn't expect much from a Lobo movie. So it's not like everybody would be going in the movie expecting this to be. Uh, an Oscar contender or Logan or any you know anything else you know it would be what it is. Uh, the question is, do we need a Lobo movie? And I don't think we need it, but it would be kind of cool to have um, you know to see them do another um, a character you know outside of the the main characters. And I think it would I think it would be fun to see. Um, I don't think that. And I know that people say that, like, oh, you know, the MCU's doing Ant-Man, that's a risk. Well, you know, a few years ago it would have been, but the MCU has such a great track record that they can get away with that. But, you know, we don't really get those kind of, those risk movies like Ghost Rider or Blade and and stuff like that anymore. So I think Lobo would be good. I think Lobo would, would be the type of movie, and they could put it out under the New Line branch and, um, you know, of course, it has to be rated R. I mean, there's no way you're making a a PG-13 Lobo. Uh, in fact, I think uh, there's a report out that the script is so graphic that it even borders like NC-17. Um, you know, of course, nice. some of that's going to have to be changed because of Lobo's character. No, that's never going to fly. Uh, and you know, with the way no. society, you know, with some of the stuff going on in society nowadays, there's a lot of stuff that they would not be able to. That's in that script, they would not be able to get away with. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm—I mean, I'm a DC fan. I mean, I'm a fan of comic book movies in general. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, put it out. If it sucks, it sucks. You don't have to make it again. But you know, someone out there is going to enjoy it, and and that's what making movies is about—is people enjoying it. So I say go for it. Yeah. Even though okay, you hate Michael Bay, and I don't give a shit what you think, Juwan. I just hated you at least a billion times uh, <laughs> more than than ever before. You I wouldn't expect any lips from you. There's there's uh, respect Nick. there, peppered with hate. Nick, like y- you Nick. have a bit of respect, but it's peppered with hate. Yes, Jawan. No, the respect is gone. As soon as he said he'd be okay with it, the respect went out. Oh, never mind. Uh, Nick, okay. I'm gonna pass. Jawan hates Michael Bay. If you can't tell, <laughs> I'm gonna pass it to you, Nick. But I promise you, if you say anything good about Michael Bay, I am muting you, and I'm ending the show at 9.25. No pressure. Um, we'll get off early. Go for it. That, that is a lot of pressure. Well, as as you know, um, I am not the biggest fan of Michael Bay. Um, I didn't really even like Pain and Gain, which is – I've heard that mentioned a couple times. To me, it's like a wannabe Coen Brothers film. Um, not not a big fan of it. Um I uh, I don't think he's made a good like he hasn't made a movie that that really resonated with me um, since the '90s. Um, I like Bad Boys. I like The Rock. Um, those are my two. I don't really even like Bad Boys too. Um, but uh, you know, it, here's the thing: if you're telling me, hey, you already know that I like the concept of them making movies that that can just kind of exist on their own, like maybe they're in the same universe. It doesn't really matter. Like they can just exist off in their own little world. Um, I love that concept. Um, and the, the other thing 
I will say is, despite the fact that I think Tim Miller, the guy who did the first Deadpool movie, would be my first choice to do this movie, Michael Bay is going to get the budget that you would want. Like, there's not a film studio out there that's going to be like, no, we're not going to give Michael Bay a hundred and you know fifty million dollar budget. Like, they're going to give him the money. So, you know, at the very least, you know that the movie's going to have the budget that you know you would you would kind of want to see in this kind of over the top action character, um, uh, you know, movie. Um, and I will also say that I I do kind of agree with Dane in the sense that uh, it's it. I I think his particular skills could work towards this movie. Definitely not a fan of his. Um, I I do think he's a fucking genius. Um, I have a lot of respect for him um, because he is able to make movies that make so much fucking money. Um, Doesn't mean I have to like him. Doesn't mean I like his movies. Um, But I think he's really smart, and I think he knows what sells. Um, And so... You know, my biggest thing is, is I feel like if he does this movie, I might like it okay, but if someone like Tim Miller did it, I might love it, and that's 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 where I kind of get hung up, um, is is because I I think he's really good at making fodder for the masses, which could be what Lobo should be. Um, but it's not what I would want out of any movie, um, you know, or Lobo for that matter. Um, so, you know, it, he would definitely not be my first choice, but I don't, again, I don't think it's a bad choice. I think it's a really smart choice for Warner Brothers financially, uh, because if you're going to invest in a movie, you want to know you're going to get your return on it. And if you put Michael Bay in charge of a movie, you damn well know you're going to get your return on it. Because he's just got such a historic track record of it. Um, So I would understand it. Um, And hopefully, I I do have my fingers crossed that if he he does get in charge of it, um, because the character is so outrageous um, that, uh, you know... That you know, maybe maybe he could pull it off. Like maybe all of his explosion, uh, disaster porn shenanigans could uh, could could make it work. Um, I, I I do have one request though. Don't don't fuck it. Please don't put Megan Fox in it. I I just I don't want to see her in so any other movie things. ever. I just just don't put her in it. Like put somebody else. <laughs> like just anybody else. Like, just don't put her in the movie, please. Every model Leonardo um, DiCaprio oh, is dated. And, mm, <laughs> and also, I, I will say this though. I I I, I will uh, give. Uh, I do want to give you a, a, a proverbial pat on the back, Juwan, um, because uh, you I I have not heard anybody else say to this juncture as a reason why they don't want him to do it that um, he takes uh, he does well with his own material. He does better with his own material versus when he tries to. Um, you know, tries to, to uh, use um, existing material um, and make something out of it, yeah, you're 100% right. Because I don't like any – well, I've only seen the first two Transformer movies. I didn't like the first one. I hated the second one. I didn't watch any of the ones after that. 
Um, I, I hated the first Ninja Turtles. I didn't watch the second one. Um, the, it, for anybody out there who loves the Ninja Turtles, just go watch the totally CGI TMNT from like 2007. That is the best Ninja Turtles movie that is out there. It's so fucking good. Um, but yeah. like, if, well, he didn't direct those though. That, huh? Well, no, he directed the first one. He directed the first one, and he was the producer on the second one. But if you watch the second one, which unfortunately no, I he didn't direct the, the first one either. To, you sure? Uh, okay. Just producer. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just know that I did not. I, I, I hated it. It, it just wasn't. It, it, like, and, and, and you can call it what, what you will. Like, maybe it's just because I like love the original like 1990s Ninja Turtles movie. Like, it's just, it, 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 it's part of my childhood. Um, it's and it, great. It just, yeah, it, it is. It's just great. Like, the second one's not good. Like, it's not. I watched it like two weeks ago, bro. What the original one? Yeah, that and Batman '89 yeah. back to back. It was great. Fuck yeah, dude! What a great lineup of movies. Um, but like, yeah, seriously, like I love I love that movie. And the the closest thing that like comes to that in any of the the you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, saga is is the 2007 like animated version. Like that was that was a really really good uh, you know Ninja Turtles movie. Um, and it doesn't, it like, it just gets so, it's so under the radar for, for, you know, most, uh, you know, fans. Um, but, uh, but yeah, not, I, I don't know, just to rein it all back in, I, I think he could be successful with it. I, I think there's a better choice out there, but, um, as far as a, a better choice for me, as far as I think I would enjoy the movie more if maybe two or three other people got the property, I think. But I do think Michael Bay would be re- a really smart choice because he would, um, yeah, I mean, he would definitely get you your return, and you could you could funnel as much explosion money as you needed into it because you knew you were going to get your return. I mean, honestly, honestly, and I'd midriff. rather call because hopefully it's not Megan call, Fox's midriff. <laughs> I'd rather call um, Quentin Tarantino over Michael Bay. But I will say, Dane, you are um, mm-hmm. absolutely correct. Well, yeah, uh, but that's like asking. That's you know, yeah. I prefer steak over a burger too, but you know. Okay. Well, no, yeah. I, I'm saying, I'm saying. So what Nick was saying, I, I have people in mind over, you know, that I'd rather have oh, okay, do a local film over Michael Bay. I don't, I don't um, think they serve steak at this restaurant, Dane. I'm just saying. Um, but I will say, Bullshit. Dane, you were absolutely did you, correct. Did you get it? Uh, did you get it? Yeah. Michael Bay did not direct e- either one of the Ninja Turtle movies. Uh, he produced on both of them, but they were so horrible they felt like they were his. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's do some trailer talks. Uh, since we are short on time, we're going to yes. do it this way. Um, I'm going to go around to everyone. You're going to pick what your favorite trailer was of the week, and just go into why that was your favorite over the I other. I love it. Um, Nick, I'm going to start with you. What was your favorite trailer uh, that out of all the trailers that aired this week? Venom, Venom was bar none my favorite trailer. Um, I I love Tom Hardy. Um, the the presentation of the trailer was very much in the way of a teaser because you got so little of Venom. Um, so I can understand why a lot of people are a little upset that you, you didn't get more Venom. Um, but uh, I love his his uh, his monologue. 
um, it, it very much, uh, to me, um, it paints the picture of, of the character of Eddie Brock that we're going to get. Um, it reminded me a lot of his performance in a movie called The Drop, um, which is a terrific movie. If if anybody, if any of our listeners have not seen it, I would highly recommend it. it again, it's called The Drop. Um, it's just about a drop bar in Boston. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a terrific movie. He plays a great character in it. Um, but that movie opens up with, with this kind of inner monologue of, of what's to be, the setup of what's to be for the film. Um, and, and even his voice uh, is, is very reminiscent. It, it kind of, the characters very much, uh, his voiceover felt very similar to that. And it, it's probably one of my favorite movies of, of the past 10 years. Um, I, I love the notion, ever since he was announced to be, you know, play the character of Eddie Brock, I, I'm just in love with the idea. Everything that I saw and heard from that trailer, I, I just really appreciate. Um, I love that they're, they're, you know, doing the Lethal Protector, um, you know, something based off that storyline. I just, I, it was everything that I wanted in a teaser trailer. Um, and... You know the, the fact that we, you know, we didn't get a, a whole lot of venom, but we we did get the the shot of Riz Ahmed's character looking at it in the in the little um, uh, container, um, seeing like the, the 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 symbiote in the container, and then you know we got the shot of him uh, in the um, uh, MRI machine with you know the the his veins turning black in his neck and him like screaming. Um, I thought that was like super cool. Like it was just, it was like the perfect amount of showing that as far as like a teaser. Um, and it's probably honestly what they could do because they just finished filming. So the fact that they just finished filming, um, they probably don't have all of the, the post-production stuff worked out yet. So the fact that they were able to deliver such a good trailer for me personally, without having all of the aspects done yet, you know, as far as the CGI for, uh, for Venom, um, was, was, uh, super awesome to me. And I'm just beyond excited for this movie. Um, yeah, it was definitely, um, I, I'll say this. I, I get what you, you didn't like it. Did you, the, you didn't like it. N- I was not a fan of that trailer whatsoever. Um, I knew it. I knew it. But I can tell it's not when, for the, when you said I'll say this, I was like, he didn't like it. <laughs> no one yeah, cared no, for I wasn't the the huge, Yeah, no, that's obvious. Um I wasn't the hugest fan of, of that trailer. Um I, I will say this, I know that they just finished, so they're still working on um finalizing the uh you know I, I know he did a lot of motion capture, so CGI and practical effects, whatever, whatever. All I'm saying is I'm really growing tired of hearing uh, here's your first look at Venom because that's what the movie's called. See, but, and wait, every time wait, but it, both times they've said it, it's not been even remotely. Like, all I'm asking for, and I'm not saying I need it in the trailer, all I was asking for was an official photo of him to where the symbiote is covering uh, most of his, his, his body, and it's not covering his face. It's just like it's stretched like to, uh, you know, where it's almost covering his face to where you're like, all right, it. cool, at some point we're going to fully see that, that Venom character. That's all I wanted. 
I, I just I, I don't want to keep hearing, here's your first official look at Venom, and then we don't see Venom. No, I get it, and I get it. I, 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 I understand, um, especially with, like, the, the whole set photo thing and, and everything else. Like, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. But my, my thing is, is, again, is just, like, this trailer paints a portrait of a very, very different take on a anti anti-hero basically or superhero whatever you want to call it but an anti-hero movie um which i just i i i feel like those have been so much more hit than miss like i mean logan was so terrific um you know we we've been uh recently talking about uh the fight scene for beef and for vendetta um on your on your top 10 superhero fights um uh, uh Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider <laughs> uh, well, you know, you do get your Ghost Riders. Um, but see, but here's the thing. Ghost Rider doesn't feel different. Like, yeah, he's an antihero, but it didn't feel different. Like, the, the, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to, like, paint, paint the picture of is it feels more in the league of your V for Vendetta or Logan. Like, it feels like it's, it's outside of the realm of what is the normal take on your superhero or antihero movies. Um, and and I just love that. I love the fact that uh, it, it feels uh, it, it it has a feel to it that is just it's it's so um, outside of the norm of what we get on a usual basis. It will be to me the most um, it like Logan was last year. It will be the most unique superhero film this year. Um, and, and I'm yeah. just really excited for it. Um, I, and probably I, um, the, because I love Logan so much, it's at the, probably is, is, uh, you know, and Tom Hardy, uh, is probably the biggest reason why I, I love that trailer so much. I get what you're saying. I just personally, for me, it really did absolutely nothing for me, but, um, Dane, um, Fair what trailer are you, what trailer are you going with? Well, I want. I just want to mention that I did like the uh, Venom trailer. Just, it, it's amazing to me that if I saw that, you know, a few years back, um, when there was like some movie coming out that had a title, and it was like a superhero related one, I'd just be like, oh yeah, it's not really it. If I watch that, if you if you watch that movie, you have really no clue that you know it could be Venom. It could be like a new art house film, you know, coming out. Like you know, you have no idea. It's right. it's, it's, it's Venom. It's Eddie Brock. So actually, I. I see what both of you guys are saying, though, because I like, I like them showing that this is going to be, like, different, but I also kind of wish I saw the Sydney kind of attach a little bit because they keep on saying that. But um, I actually, if we're going to talk about the trailers listed, that Mission Impossible trailer was awesome. And I, and I think we did talk about it a little bit, so I won't – I think we did last time. I don't remember. Uh, but if, if, if we did or we didn't, I'll just say that someone needs to shape Tom Cruise violently and say – Hey, you crazy motherfucker! Uh, you are going to die if you do some of these stupid stunts. But thank you very much at the same time because, I mean, just him off the helicopter and just everything. I love, I love Mission Impossible movies, man. I mean, I know everyone talks shit about the second one, but I dug the Limp Bizkit little soundtrack thing of the Mission Impossible. Boom, ding, 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 ding. No, no, I, I liked all that crap, so I don't really care. But uh, I like the movies; they keep on getting more interesting. And um, Henry Cavill with a mustache. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, the mustache definitely paid off. I completely agree with you, Dane. That was an amazing trailer. I'll say this: um, it's gonna be fun to see. Um, 
if if uh, Fast and the Furious and Mission Impossible are in a race to see, like, can they both sustain getting to 10? Like, because that's, like, the best thing Tom Cruise has going. And I guess if you count Guardians, that, that's what that's one of the best things Vin Diesel has going. But that's definitely uh, one of the best things Vin Diesel has going is those uh, Fast and Furious movies. So the fact that we're at eight for that and six, I think, for Mission Impossible, it'll be fun to see how, how many Time for a crossover directed by Michael Bay, do. man. Exactly. So I can throw up and let that be the last time I see a movie. I mean, that's Gary uh, Gray. I lied. Not Michael Bay. <laughs> just joking. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, Kanan, what trailer are you going with? Well, it, it's not the Venom trailer. I, I, and I've talked to you about this. I, I didn't mind the Venom trailer. Actually, I defended the Venom But there was some stuff that's going around that's not confirmed. But if it's true, it's kind of killed my hype for the movie. And then there was something else that I saw today that's going around that isn't 100% confirmed. But if you saw the theme of the trailer... That's going to be the theme of the movie when it comes to uh, to Venom, that the character isn't really even going to manifest itself until the last few minutes of the movie. So I'm just kind of like, you know, this seems like Sony's going for a very much different take uh, where it. it's more focused on Eddie Brock than it is Venom, even though the movie's called Venom. Love it. Uh, Love it. So... You know, if you were expecting to see Venom, if the stuff going around is true, don't you know? Then you're going to be spoiled, and that'll be all you'll see because supposedly that's just the last few minutes of the movie. But well, anyway, real quickly, I'm the, I, well, hold on one, one second, real quickly. I'm the guy who pitched a one time on Pitch It when when Dane was doing the Pitch It stuff. I wanted to see a Carnage movie oh, yeah. where we got a whole movie of Cletus Cassidy being a psychopath. A serial killer, and then in the very last scene of the movie, he shares a jail cell with Eddie Brock and becomes Carnage. So, like everything you're saying to me right now is just making me love this this movie even more. Well, you must have wrote Venom because if that's what's going on, in the trailer, <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. But anyway, all right. Uh, so, my favorite trailer. I really did love the Mission Impossible trailer, but the the Deadpool two trailer blew it away. The, yeah. Because, you know, I've watched Deadpool so many times, and I just, you know, and if, when you watch it sometimes, you know, Ryan Reynolds' stick just kind of gets old. But it's like now he's kind of reinvented himself, and his stuff is, like, kind of fresh. But this trailer, what I love about it is there's, like, no nobody safe. You know, he takes jabs at Marvel Cinematic Universe. He takes jabs at their universe. He takes jabs at DC. The whole mustache, mustache. joke. I mean, yeah. people were like, people were using that to attack DC fans, and like DC fans were like, "Okay, that shit was funny. We thought that was funny. We don't even like Justice League, so like, why the hell are you even coming at us with that?" I mean, and that shit was so funny. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't like a jab really at DC, like we hate you. I mean, but that shit was funny. You know, even Warner Brothers probably laughed at that. Uh, then him playing with the little Toy Story figures. Oh, my God, that shit is so clever. And, uh, you know, the little drawings on the bottom of the feet that said Wade and him talking about Thanos and uh, I got the stones. You know, of course, he's got his balls in his face, but he's really talking about the, the gauntlet stones. I mean, that, that trailer was just – I mean, we get to see Cable. We get to see X-Force. I mean, you know, they're not, like, 
probably everybody that will be in the X Force movie if it gets made. Uh, I, that's probably be something that we'll probably have to wait till the purchase goes through. Whoever buys them. But, I mean, we get to see X-Force. We get to see Domino in action. And all of the people that had issues with Domino when her pictures came out, fuck off. Oh, my gosh. She was awesome in that trailer. Zazie Beats is going to nail this role. Her, I, I thought it was going to be Cable still in the movie. But I think her and Cable both. Uh, then we found out that Colossus is going to get a bigger role. I mean, Doe Pender's back. I mean, this movie just all and, uh uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead got the new outfit, still got the attitude. Oh my goodness, that trailer had everything. That trailer, I, you know, to be honest, Deadpool doesn't need to put out any more trailers. Don't put any more trailers out and show any anything else. Let's just come out with the movie and, and enjoy it. Because I mean, I don't think they can top that. That was perfect, you know. And you know that that's my pick for trailer of the week. Uh, yeah, no. Also- also, another really good pick. I unfortunately didn't like that trailer either. Um, oh my god! How can I you not like that trailer? Oh, I can understand how you didn't um, like the Venom trailer, but how did you not like that trailer? I, Explain yourself, Juan. I didn't like that trailer because I, I, I'm not sold on Cable. Um, I just wasn't. Now I know I'm going to oh. see the movie and probably definitely change my mind. Um, not only was I not sold on kind of how they, they they were seeming to go about Cable, I also, and I know you guys are going to say, uh, you know, see it before you even make that, that statement. I thought he sounded way too similar to what I just heard Thanos sound like. Now, I know it's the because same guy. Because he sounds like Josh Brolin. He's not going to grasp Right, right. Exactly. He can't you know, hold on. sound like Josh Brolin. He doesn't have it. Hold on. Right? Hold on. What I'm saying is, that was part of my issue with, um, you know, it just it sounded eerily, and I know it's the same guy, obviously, but something has to sound different in how you're portraying the character from another character that you're playing. And it just sounded exactly the same as Thanos, and it completely put me off. I, I left, well, not left, but after watching that trailer, I loved everything about it except for Cable. I am not looking forward as of this moment to Cable. I'm just not. It did nothing for me. Um, I wasn't excited seeing Cable at all. I'm stoked for for Deadpool. I'm stoked for uh, Domino. Uh, By the looks of it, it looks like we're getting some elements of of X-Force from this movie. I'm looking forward to that. Hell, I'm even looking forward to Dopender. Um, But I Mm. did not like what I saw from Cable whatsoever. And I am willing to say that after I see the movie, I could definitely 100% change my mind. So I'm not saying, you know, Josh Brolin is a horrible Cable. I haven't seen the movie. I only saw, like, a minute of, of, of him as Cable. So I could definitely, the movie itself could definitely change me. But as of that trailer, I, nah, nah. So the I'm, reason why I don't like, I wasn't a fan of the trailer is because I've, I already know what I was going to expect from Deadpool. So I was expecting Cable... Uh, to be something that really stood out to me that I was like, all right, well, yeah, let's go. And it didn't. So that I, I will say this. that trailer in that respect. I will, I will say this. I always, my first pick for cable was always, or at least for a long time was Ray Stevenson. Um, and I yeah. still think Ray Stevenson would have been, a, and I know you love it, because you love Punisher Warzone like, like yes, more do. than any other human being on this 
fucking earth. Um, but uh, I, I, I do. I think Ray Stevenson would have been really good in that role. But like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think Josh Brolin's going to be just fine. Well, I yeah, and again, I'm not saying too. he'll be horrible because I haven't. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kenny. Oh, I just want to say I get what you're saying to agree with the voice, and I think what it, I think that the Russos with Brolin, and this is and this is my complaint. They're trying to make Thanos too much like Brolin. They're trying to make his face too much look like Brolin and his voice. Whereas uh, Gunn, when he filmed Brolin as Thanos, uh, he looked more like the comics. His shade of purple was a lot darker, and he gave some some bass to his voice. It was kind of deeper, more menacing. Uh, and I don't, and I know we've only heard his voice um, in the Infinity War trailer, but he does sound like Brolin. He doesn't have that 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 bass, that commanding voice that he had in uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. So, I mean, I do get what you're saying, uh, and I guess there's going to be people that probably, uh, you know, can't differentiate between the two. There's going to be, oh, you know, but you know, I'm going to. You know, I love Roland as an actor, so I'm going to go into it a lot different. But I mean, I do get what you're saying. Though. It's like, why, you know, give him like maybe a slang, you know, kind of southern draw or something, or or give him a Yankee voice or something. I mean, just have him talk in a different voice. I mean, I don't know, maybe like Cable from the cartoon. I don't really remember what he sounded like in X Men the animated series, but and just kind of give him a, a, just, a different voice than what he had. What's he talking about, Yankee voice? Interest. What the fuck? I, I was be, just um, about to say. Why be, he doesn't sound like Mark Wahlberg. He doesn't sound like Mark Wahlberg at all. Please, I don't want to be. Mark, um, we don't want to talk to you. Really, really quick. Do you guys, understand I what Northern super, accent is, Kenan? Where's Donnie? <laughs> I want to be Donnie um, Wahlberg. Go pack the cat. Really quick though, guys. Um, I want to be super clear. I am not saying. Um, I, I don't think Josh Brolin's a good actor. I think he's an amazing actor. I, I think he no, you say he's a, a really actor. good cable. Um, I'm just saying, from what I saw of that trailer, I'm not looking forward to cable. That does not mean that I think Josh Brolin's going to do a horrible job. It just didn't make me super excited to see cable um, from that movie. Now, um, my pick isn't necessarily something we got this week but it was something we weren't able to discuss as a group. So I'm actually, because I'm looking at this list, Jurassic World, um, Mission Impossible, Venom, uh, Infinity War, Deadpool 2, and that thing I guess people are calling Han Solo, but I still think it's a fan film. I don't think that's the real Han Solo trailer. (laughs) Um, I'm actually going to go with Ant-Man and the Wasp, especially me as someone who was not a fan of the first Ant Man, I, I just Blast I really couldn't really dig dig deep into it. This movie okay. is something that I think I may have to change to my most anticipated. I am really hyped to see what they're gonna do with this movie. I love the ghost. I want to see what we're gonna get from Lawrence Fishburne um, and, and his Goliath character. Uh, I love what they did with Wasp. Um, I love that they gave uh, her the wings, the four wings. Um, her her tasers are really awesome. I, I love I love Ant Man's humor a lot more so uh from this trailer than I did the entirety of the uh his first movie. And it just it looks like so much fun. The the huge Pez dispenser uh I thought was really funny. I just I love what I saw from that trailer and that looks like something that you just go into and you you're gonna have a lot of fun with. And it's gonna be fun to see um 
I love how they started it off with him saying, if I had asked you, would you have joined me, um, you know, on Cap's side? And she said, well, we'll never know, but if I did, we would have never been caught. And it was just, it was so awesome to hear that. It was so awesome that you get that moment to where it's like, all right, there there are consequences from what happened after Civil War uh, with this character, and we're going to see it. Like, maybe he doesn't get to see his daughter now because of it. Uh, looks like he's on house arrest, some form of it. Uh, it's just going to – it looks like it's a lot of fun, and it's going to be interesting to see how he gets from Ant-Man and the Wasp and the events of that to Infinity War, mainly because Infinity War comes before that. So it's going to be really weird to see how they, they address um, – how they're able to uh, to, to get Ant Man into um, Infinity War because we don't even know the events of Ant Man uh, and the Wasp. But I really enjoyed this trailer a lot. Um, it was a lot of fun, and honestly, I wanted to go Han Solo, but like I said, I am almost a thousand percent sure that was a fan film and not the actual trailer for it. So um, I couldn't, in in all uh, good conscience, pick that trailer. But, um, Dane, like I said, I wanted to pick Mission Impossible. Only reason I didn't is because you already picked it. Um, How dare you! That Jurassic, that Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom just did absolutely nothing for me. And Infinity War was yeah, no. pretty much expanding on what we already saw from the, uh, the official in the, uh, the first trailer. So that yeah, really the first trailer was so much better. blow anything away. Way better. And honestly, if I'm Infinity War and if I'm Marvel, I don't even think I put out another Infinity War trailer. I think if anything, um, I just keep doing. Oh, I want to see one more. The Super Bowl. Yeah, I I want to see one more. I don't. I want to go into that movie knowing as little as possible. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, I will say this. I um, I did love uh the the Ant Man and the Wasp trailer. Um, I, I. like when when the dude throws the knives at her and she shrinks and and like she like dodges the first two and then walks on the third one i um i i found i found myself just wishing it was actually a deadpool trailer so he could have a fourth wall break and be like look i'm blade runner <laughs> like i just think that would have been <laughs> just so perfect um but uh, I, I did I did really really love that trailer as well. Yeah, that was definitely uh, a, an amazing trailer, and I think that stole uh, the show for me out of all these trailers. Um, Dana Cannon, did you guys have anything to add about Ant Man and the Wasp? Uh, they both um, shrink. <laughs> uh, and I, one girl. I told you the other day I'm more hyped for Ant Man and the Wasp than I am Venom, so. Uh, that says a lot about the trailer. It looks a lot better. Uh, I love that. I can't wait to see uh, with Lawrence Fishburne's character. Uh, Walton Goggins is also in the movie. Uh, yeah. It looks really good. I mean, it looks, it looks a lot better than the first one uh, to me. Um, All of you motherfuckers talking shit about the first Ant-Man. It's so good. I don't know why Man, you don't like Ant-Man it. I, I didn't say a thing about it. I just said I saw it twice, but... It, it really wasn't that much. But I know, but um, I know you. I I know you, Dane. I know you. You, we have talked about this. You you like you have said that you should go back and watch it, but you probably haven't since we have talk, had nah. that conversation. I'd rather watch other movies. I'd rather watch new movies that are not Ant Man. Don't worry. Hey 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 hey. I'll watch it. Luis is the best 
best supporting okay. character in any I, I love comedy. Marvel I love comedy, movie. but I'm saying I'll watch it before I see Ant-Man and the Wasp. How about that? promise you. Okay. Fair enough. The first, the first Ant Man movie felt like Deadpool, where they had to use B grade characters. I mean, they couldn't even get Captain America to show up. They had to use the B grade. Hey, they had Lex Luthor in that movie. Uh, damn it, Falcon. I mean, they had to use Falcon. They had to use Falcon. They couldn't even All get Tony right. Stark to make. I mean, come on now, man. It's like using Colossus. Can we get, can we get some real Avengers? All right. Y'all are, y'all was, are fucking crazy. You guys, you guys are hilarious. I will say this, though. I want to thank Mario for joining I think Hard Soul looks amazing. great. Yeah. Yeah. Ha, ha. Mario. Shout out thank to you, Mario. Bringing tertiary to, to the combo. I love it. Mario. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, guys, we had an amazing show. Kanan, did you want to really quickly uh, let the viewers know who your interview is for tomorrow? Yes, I will be interviewing Dana DeLorenzo, who plays Kelly uh, on the star show Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is a very great uh, yep. show. So tune in so for that I'll tomorrow night. Make sure you guys tune into that. Um, and, guys, we will see you next week, same time, same place. Peace. Peace. Adios. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>